Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thank you for joining us for this special edition podcast on COVID-19. This podcast provides an opportunity to listen as we share the latest on COVID-19 with our resident experts. My name is Vicki Vasileka, and I am the director of the section of clinical specialists and scientists here at ASHP, and I will be your host. Today, we're sharing with Janice Sylvester, Vice President of Accreditation Services, about managing your residency during the COVID-19 outbreak. Thanks for joining us today, Janet. Oh, you're welcome. Thanks. The pharmacy residencies have not been immune to the impact that COVID-19 has had. Can you tell us what sort of recommendations and accommodations have been made for residents and residency programs to finish up this residency year and those in anticipation for the new residency year? Sure. Uh, the first thing we had to do, given the travel restrictions and hospital access restrictions, and then just general concern for surveyor safety, is we had to suspend all on-site surveys and this was um, early in March. And this allowed the programs to commit their main effort to planning for and managing the effects of COVID-19 in their organizations. And it also allowed us time to plan for prolonged disruptions to our normal on-site surveys. And we developed a virtual process to continue our work. And we do over 400 surveys a year. So it was important that we develop a mechanism to continue that work when it was appropriate to engage the organizations. And then there were many programs who were forced to use residents in staff roles. And so we helped them create learning experiences that were really focused on emergency preparedness and response. So they could, we allowed that, they could substitute sort of a pandemic learning experience for something that they already had as part of their plan. We would accept that as the experience required for successful completion of a 12-month residency. And also there were many programs who uh, because of uh, shortages of PPE, et cetera, we're forced to have residents participating in patient rounds virtually and being virtually supervised by their preceptors. So we uh, tried to uh, assist our programs in um, figuring out how they could do that and meet the standard. So remote care and virtual precepting, while not new, was certainly expanded significantly during the pandemic and adopted by many programs um, where it wasn't standard in the past. And this expansion also mirrored the expansion in telehealth services provided by many of the health systems to provide continuity care and services despite uh, the disruptions caused by COVID-19. And I think ultimately the greatest challenge was trying to support programs in managing the uncertainty and chaos and confusion surrounding the pandemic changes so that those disturbances were productive rather than destructive to residency training. And in truth, um, the pandemic provided an opportunity to be very creative in uh, the training of the residents. And it's an experience that um, they will carry with them for the rest of their career. So we all believed that it was a great opportunity for a great learning experience. Yeah, I feel like this is kind of like one of those job interview questions. It's like, tell me about a time where you had to overcome adversity. It's like, well, let me tell you about my residency during the pandemic. 
Uh, you mentioned a little bit about how um, you're trying to uh, protect your surveyors, um, a little bit about virtual residency accreditation visits. Um, could you walk us through how you conduct um, a virtual residency accreditation visit? Sure. The virtual survey process really is, from a structural and agenda perspective, very similar to an in-person on-site survey. And this, of course, was intentional because you want to have the same um, result and the same assessment as if you were on-site. And so programs will submit their required pre-survey documents and materials as they would normally. And then uh, we work with the programs, the lead surveyor and the program, to schedule the survey and uh, the related survey activities, in essence, to develop that uh, survey agenda. And this includes uh, how we will do meetings, which will be conducted virtually with hospital executive leadership, program leaders, the residents, preceptors, and uh, representatives from medical and nursing staff that we always engage. And these meetings and discussions um, are directed at gathering information that aren't reviewed uh, or, or available in the pre-survey materials. Some of our biggest challenges in conducting a virtual survey is orchestrating these activities for the large multi-program sites um, due to limitations on group size, limitations of the technology and effectively conducting a hospital tour, for example. Um, and where pharmacy services, medication use, and the environment here is evaluated. But we spent a lot of time discussing how we can ensure that this virtual survey experience results in a similar outcome as the in-person survey. And we really believe that one of the primary goals of in-person surveys is to build relationships with residents and preceptors and program directors and build trust. And we believe that inpatient surveys are a vital way to build those long-term mutually supporting relationships. And um, so we are hopeful that we get to a place before too long where we can get back to some semblance of an in-person survey. So clearly there have probably been many, many questions about everything that's been going on. Um, what have been your top three questions from site? Well, it's kind of interesting when you think about um, the kinds of questions we've been asked because you can almost put them into three phases, uh, at least so far, for the types of questions we receive. And the inquiries did change over time as the effects of the pandemic evolved. So early in the pandemic in March, primarily we got questions about the use of residents and staff roles for patient surges and suspension of scheduled learning experiences, as, as I mentioned before and how to manage residents who became ill and were quarantined or self-isolating and achieving the standards compliance through virtual learning experiences in telehealth. Then in April, inquiries involved uh, program concerns about termination or furlough of residents. And that prompted the development of the ASHP statement on pharmacy residency furloughs resulting from the COVID pandemic emergency and effects on accreditation for match rules violations, specifically not offering positions to matched applicants for the upcoming residency year. And that statement was very effective in helping programs to defend the vital nature of uh, the learning experiences that um, their residents were receiving. And then finally, in May, we started getting inquiries from future residents and programs that was focused mostly on delays in licensure. And NABP for the NAPLEX exam uses a vendor called Pearson View. 
And in order for them to observe uh, the appropriate social distancing, their testing centers are running at about 50% capacity. So this was causing um, students who were going into residency to be getting very late testing dates, such as August or even September. And we have a requirement in the standard that a resident be licensed by November 1 so that they could be licensed for two thirds of their residency program. Well, this was looking uh, to be quite difficult for a number of uh, students. So we worked with the Commission on Credentialing and the board and relaxed that requirement um, so that now we will for this residency year only allow the students to be uh, licensed by January 1 instead of November 1. So that was one of the uh, accommodations that we needed to make. Don't You don't want to punish a program or the residents for something that is so far beyond their control. Yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like, and you kind of mentioned this a little bit, that uh, residency programs have had to make adjustments for rotations to meet some of the residency standards. Uh, what have you and your surveyors seen as the top three innovations from residency programs to meet these residency requirements? Well, I think one of the really um, significant changes is the use of and the adoption of virtual technology to support learning experiences, including virtual rounds, clinical conferences, and precepting uh, from a distance. <laughs> so um, people have been really good about uh, and being very creative in how they can continue uh, the learning experiences even if they can't have uh, the resident physically present in a direct patient care environment. They've also modified, as I mentioned earlier, the resident learning experiences to adapt to the changing pandemic environment of care and in order for the organization to meet the patient care needs. And then the third thing that I would mention is the expansion of resident involvement in delivering telehealth services through virtual medication management encounters. And this is more common, uh, as you might imagine, in managed care residencies, but certainly has not been that common in um, regular uh, patient care residencies within our health systems. And um, so we've seen quite a lot of growth in this area as well. What resources are available to residency program directors? Um, and what sort of resources do you have for preceptors as well? Well, what we have done um, in order to answer the continual questions that we've received from programs um, on a variety of issues is we've published a weekly um, Q&A on the pandemic effect on residency training, and we provide updates through the COVID-19 Resource Center. And we also do uh, the same through the RPD Connect community. And uh, programs have continuous access to residency program resources through our website, Farm Academic, and uh, interactions with ASO staff. And so as we get questions, we reproduce those in our Q&A with the answers. So the question from one organization then informs all um, so that hopefully everybody can adapt quickly to changes that they need to make and feel comfortable that they are okay and will meet the standards. Who should preceptors or RPDs contact if they have questions? Well, um, what we recommend is that they contact the Accreditation Services Office by sending an email to asd.ashp.org. That goes to a central place, and then those inquiries are directed to the staff person who can 
best respond to the specific inquiry. So we funnel them all through that one email site and then we answer them very promptly. Perfect. Uh, so one of the things I've been asking all of my guests um, on these COVID-19 podcasts is, as we know, um, one of the main ways to avoid spreading COVID-19 is through washing your hands for 20 seconds. So I'm wondering what your song is to wash your hands to. Well, mine is not very, um, not very creative. I do Mary Had a Little Lamb twice. That's a good, I haven't and heard I, that one yet. I, I haven't timed it to make sure and once was not quite enough. So, and I guess maybe it depends on how fast you sing, right? So uh, Mary Had a Little Lamb. Isn't that um, interesting? (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's all the time we have today. I'd like to thank Janet for joining us to discuss COVID-19 and ASHP's efforts to provide pharmacists the most up-to-date lessons learned and resources. Before we leave, I would like to share some of those resources with our listeners and talk about how ASHP is working to help their members manage the outbreak. First, if you haven't already, be sure to check out ASHP's COVID-19 Resource Center found at ashp.org. This resource center serves as a clearinghouse for information on COVID-19 for pharmacy leaders, clinicians, and resources for patients. ASHP has developed policy recommendations for policymakers. Ask your legislator to support ASHP's COVID-19 recommendations by sending an email using the online advocacy center at advocate.ashp.org. Be kind to your mind. Headspace is now the exclusive meditation and mindfulness app for ASHP members. With Headspace, you can learn the life-changing skills of meditation and mindfulness in just a few minutes a day. Studies show that meditation helps reduce stress and burnout in health professionals while boosting happiness, compassion, and resilience and overall life satisfaction. Be sure to visit at ashp.org backslash headspace. I also encourage listeners, if you haven't already, to subscribe to ASHP's podcast as we'll be posting more on lessons learned, practice, and therapeutic management of COVID-19 and other topics. I'm Vicki Basiliga, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.